you would, remain standing for the reading of God's holy word and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. And I will begin by reading verses 19 through 21. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 19 through 21. Whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. Those of crooked heart are an abomination to the Lord, but those of blameless ways are his delight. Be assured, an evil person will not go unpunished, but the offspring of the righteous will be delivered. Praise God for his holy word. Please be seated. So by way of a reminder, Proverbs is a wisdom book. It's a wisdom book about life, and it's a wisdom book about death. Just the words live or life or die or death occur 82 times in the 31 chapters of Proverbs. From the beginning of chapter 1, Solomon is pleading with his son to follow the path of Lady Wisdom. For the path of Lady Wisdom leads to life, while the path of Dame Folly leads to death. There are two paths, and we are on one of the two paths. There is not a soul in this room, or a soul on the planet, that is in a state of neutrality with the Lord. But think of it this way, Christian. Each day that we wake up by God's grace, we are pilgrims on a journey. And we are walking one of the two paths. At moments throughout the day, we walk the path of death and bring disgrace upon the Lord. And at moments, we walk the path of life and we glorify the Lord. This truth places upon us the importance of of the wisdom of God in our life. The clear call for us as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, to go beyond the study of God's Word, to go beyond the hearing of God's Word, and to take the implications that we learn from Scripture and apply them to our life for the glory of God. We are to get the wisdom of God, the righteous application of true knowledge in our life. We are to grow in the art of godly living for the sake of the Lord. Look again at Proverbs 11, beginning in verse 19. He says, whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will will die. Those of crooked heart are an abomination to the Lord, but those of blameless ways, those of blameless ways are his delight. Be assured an evil person will not go unpunished, but the offspring of the righteous will be delivered. So there is a righteous way. That's a way of life. So Proverbs paints the clear picture of our responsibility over and over again as his children. Number one, to get wisdom. 
It is our responsibility to get wisdom. Number two, to walk in righteousness. So we get wisdom and we walk in righteousness. And number three, we fear the Lord. This is the path that we are called to walk. Wisdom, righteousness, and fear, they are all linked to life. There is another path, the path of the fool, the path of Dame Folly, the path of the lost, the path of the death. This path will end in just punishment. You see, the person, the soul on this path is not yet physically dead, though they are spiritually dead. But unless they encounter the truth of the gospel and their eyes are opened by God's grace, they will continue to sin, and their final destination is death and torment. Their final destination is not life. In the words of John MacArthur, the power of the wicked cannot free them from just punishment. The power of the wicked cannot free them from just punishment. We are all on the path of life, or we are all on the path of death. If you are saved, you are on the path of life, but you could be walking the way of the fool. If you are not saved, you are on the path of the death. It is absolute. And according to God's word, you just don't sin now and then. You are not a good person. You do nothing but sin because you are spiritually dead in need of faith and repentance in Jesus Christ alone. I was reminded this weekend, it is Jesus Christ alone. Jesus plus anything else is not the gospel. It is Christ alone. So the Christian should be thinking about life and about death every day. But for the majority, this does not happen unless one attends a funeral. Listen to the words of Richard Baxter, which I shared two weeks ago. Withdraw yourself just one hour to consider seriously the end of your life. While you walk alone or awake in the night, remember soberly, that God is present. Time is hastening to an end and judgment is at hand when you must give an account of all your hours. Do not allow the devil to divert you from these serious considerations by pleasures or worldly business. So this morning, as we talk about life, as we talk about death, I am asking you this morning to consider three things. One, consider Jesus Christ. Think upon Christ, all that Christ has accomplished, that Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Think upon his past and present work, the life of Christ, the cross of Christ, the death of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. Think about the truth that he came and fully obeyed the Father. Think about the fact that Christ laid down his life for the elect. Think of the present work of Christ, that Christ is right now interceding for his saints. Consider Jesus Christ. So on one hand, we consider Christ. On the other hand, I want you to consider your life. Who or what is your greatest treasure? What's your greatest pleasure in this life? What's your greatest pursuit? What are you constantly thinking about the most? 
Where are your affections leading you? What is part of your present life that is of eternal value? Who are you living for? Where is your time? Where is your money going? Who or what are you giving yourself to and why? Is your life filled with obedience to the commands of God? Do you even know what the commands of God are? Are you serving other brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you using your gifts? Are you sure of your salvation? Or when it comes to the end of your life, whenever that may be, to your surprise, are you hoping that you make it into heaven? Or are you confident that I am going to be with Christ? And then once you answer questions about yourself and your own salvation, are you sure of the salvation of those around you? Stop and consider your life. Stop and consider Jesus Christ. And number three, consider your death. We live and we die. Death is an inevitable part of life. Physical fitness, diet, medicine, advancing technologies, none of these will stop you from dying. Just like life, death is in the hands of the Lord. The wise in this room, you will die. The strong in this room, you will die. And if we don't die young, we will all become frail, we will all become weak, and if the Lord tarries, we will all have a funeral. Please stop and consider Jesus Christ. Consider your life and consider your death. Because the culture in which we live, our culture does not teach that contentment is found in Christ. It teaches that contentment is found in the here and the now. That contentment is found in every pursuit that will satisfy your greatest pleasure. But no, the scripture teach your pleasure, your pursuit, everything that is grace. You want contentment that is found in Jesus alone. If you go into many museums in the world, there are beautiful paintings and there are true paintings. And many times you will find a monk holding a skull and staring at the skull. That monk is looking at his own mortality. He is looking at himself. You also find the thinking man. The man is pondering. He is in deep thought concerning his life and concerning his death. I know that your mind, just like my own, is flooded with many concerns of the here and the now. But please, focus upon Christ. Focus upon your life and think upon your death. You may want to jot down these addresses. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. Let's talk about life. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. I I love these words. Let your heart keep my commandments. It didn't say memorize my commandments. Don't let your eyes know them. Don't let your lips 
Speak of them. Let your heart keep them. That means know the commandments of God and live the commandments of God. Take them with you. Live for the glory of God. Let your heart keep the commandments of the Lord. In this life, we need the commandments of the Lord. Many times, we live as if we don't need the commandments of God. Proverbs three thirteen through 26 Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. Just think upon that for a second. Think about your own pleasures. Think about your own interests. Think about your life, your time, your money. Did you just hear what the Lord said? The one who finds wisdom, the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver. Her profit is better than gold. So if we are living our life for the sake of money, if we are living our life for the pursuit of things more and more and more and more, you're missing the mark that the Lord wants you. It says, she is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can compare with her. It says, long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord, by wisdom, found the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens By his knowledge, the deeps broke open, the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely. Your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. In this life, we need the wisdom of God. Proverbs chapter 4, 13 through 23. It says, keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her. For she is your life. Later on, he says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. Healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. You see, outside of Jesus Christ alone, we are lost. But we also need his words and wisdom to walk the path of Lady Wisdom. Without the wisdom of God, you and I will walk in deep darkness and we will stumble. It is a path of righteousness that shines brighter and brighter until full day. Look, you and I have all had Times, seasons, weeks, years, moments in which we have strayed from following the Lord, that we have not done what the Lord has called us to do. We have found our greatest desire, our greatest affection in the things of this world and living for self. That got us nowhere. 
except away from the glory of God and the focus upon living for Him. Proverbs 8, 32-36, And now, sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. It's a priority. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. So you can get to the point in your life where you say, yeah, yeah, I have found Christ. I, Christ has found me. I, I am saved. But you look at your life, and your life is that of death, exactly. You were probably never saved to begin with. You were a fan of Jesus. You weren't a follower. Life is in Christ and in his ways. Proverbs 9, verse 6, leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Proverbs 10, 16 and 17, the wage of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. Proverbs 12, verse 28, and the path of righteousness is life. In its pathway, there is no death. Proverbs 13, verse 14. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Proverbs 14, verse 27. The fear of Yahweh is a fountain of life that one may turn from the snares of death. Proverbs 16, verse 17. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. Proverbs 19, verse 23. The fear of Yahweh leads to life. Whoever has it, rest satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. This is living a life of piety. When one lives for the Lord, contentment is found. The treasures that you see with your eyes, they slowly fade away because what satisfies, what brings contentment, what your hope is in, the greatest treasure is Christ. Proverbs 22, verse 4, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Why is that? What do you mean riches and honor in this life? In this life? Yes, you can rest assured in the richness and the glory of Christ, but in the life to come, you will have everything that you need without sin, without struggle, without death, because you have Christ. Proverbs paints the clear picture of our responsibility over and over again as his children. Get wisdom. Walk in righteousness. Fear the Lord. This is the path in which we are to walk. Wisdom, righteousness, and fear are linked to life. Therefore, life is found in wisdom. Life is found in righteousness. Life is found in the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm not speaking about positional holiness. Rather, I am talking about our battle in this life as Christians, if we are saved, for our personal holiness. Positional holiness is a gift from God. You're talking about justification. 
The good news is shared, and by God's grace, one believes. They repent of their sin, and they trust in Christ alone for their salvation. If your salvation is not based upon the work of Christ, in Christ alone, you're not saved. Positional holiness speaks to justification, while personal holiness speaks to our everyday walk. Our role that you and I play in communing with the Lord. That we are to get wisdom, that we are to walk in righteousness, that we are called to fear Him, to have reverence for Him, to have awe of the Lord, what He has done. To listen to the commands of the one who has made us and walk away saying, yes, Lord, I will keep your commands, not to save me, I will keep your commands because I love you. This reverence, this awe, I am not talking about Sunday morning only. It's all of life. Living according to his holy word for all of our life is to be of worship to him. Christ is to be our greatest treasure. Because don't miss this, the fear of the Lord is the first and controlling principle of wisdom. It is the first and controlling principle of wisdom. We learn that from Proverbs 1, verse 7. If we don't fear the Lord, we will not seek wisdom. We'll seek self. If we don't fear the Lord, we won't walk for the Lord. We will walk for ourselves. And when we walk for ourselves, if we don't like the results, if we don't like what is happening, if our pleasures are not being met, we turn the other way. If we don't fear him, we will live the life of a fool, consumed with self and consumed with personal pleasures. All the verses of Proverbs teach us about life, that our life is not to forget the teaching of God, that we are to find wisdom, we are to get understanding, and once we get understanding, we live for the glory of God, we keep hold of instruction, we avoid evil, and we keep our heart with all vigilance, that we don't neglect wisdom, that we leave our simple ways. And let me just be very clear about this. It is no surprise, it should be no surprise to you that in your life and in my life, we have simple ways. If you are naive to actually think that you have it all figured out, that you are living your best life now without any struggles and you're glorifying God, you don't know God and you don't know yourself. Scripture says we all stumble in many ways. You think God saved you because he needed you? We are not to neglect wisdom. We ne- when we neglect the word, when we neglect prayer, when we neglect seeking him, when we neglect his commands, we're neglecting wisdom. It says, don't neglect wisdom. Leave your simple ways. Your simple ways, what is that? You're not only drawn to everything that you see, everything that comes before you, all the advertisements, all the different things to talk about, Your simple ways are your pursuits of your own personal pleasure. 
but yet the teaching of the wise, that is a fountain of life. What does that mean? It's not a fountain that ever stops. The teaching of the wise is a fountain that will supply everything that you need. Exactly. Christ is what you need all the time, and it never, ever ends. He is the fountain of life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Going back to our main text, Proverbs 11 informs us that those of blameless ways are a delight. They are a pleasure to the Lord. So you point, you pour out yourself for the Lord. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to pour myself out for the Lord one day. Dear brother and sister, you don't know when your final day is. Pour yourself out for the Lord before you reach your grave. You will never guess your death date. Our entire life is to be about Christ. If you think you're going to get your life straight, I'm going to clean up my life and then come to Christ. You cannot clean your life up. You need Christ to clean it up. So if our entire life is to be about Christ, this means my life, this means my spouse, it means my children, this means my church, this means the elect, this means the lost. We are to be living for him and pointing others to Jesus Christ. We are to be teaching Christ. We are to be living for Christ. This is why we need the fountain of life continually. We come to it. In Romans 12, Paul, the apostle, he comes before them. He is, he is pleading with them. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So think upon this. When Christ paid you, when Christ purchased you, it's not just your your soul. It's your body, your soul, your spirit. It all belongs to the Lord. So it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect. If you don't renew your mind, you're not going to know what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect. If you don't renew your mind, you will walk the path of the fool. And this is beautiful. Right after Paul discusses our mind in Romans 12, he turns immediately and he focuses upon the church and the gifts. He says, we are to have a transformed mind that results in a transformed life. It is to be a life of service because our mind is set on Christ. You see, this life is difficult The path of Lady Wisdom is not easy. The path of Lady Wisdom is hard. But when Christ is your fountain of life, you bring it all to Christ and you lay it all upon Christ because Christ can handle everyone's problems. John Piper declared, I have to absolutely fight for everything. Some of us have been saying, I fight at work and I need to just go home and chill. No! We fight for everything. We fight for righteousness at work. We fight for righteousness in our marriage. We fight for righteousness with our children. You never stop 
fighting, but you rest in Christ. And you give it over to Him. We are to fight for wisdom. And we are to live for the Lord. We live once. Live it for the Lord. And what about death? Proverbs 8. Whoever finds me finds life and at times obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Proverbs 9. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their ways. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there. That her guests are in the depths of Sheol. How many souls, how many individuals do we have that are so obsessed with sin and the path of death, they don't know they are there. You know, those who are walking the path of death, they are simple. They lack sense. Proverbs 10, verse 2, treasures gained by wickedness, they do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. I I love that. It doesn't say, hey, treasures gained by wickedness, they don't profit. But get this, if if you're righteous, guess what? You're going to have everything that you need in this world. You're going to be filthy rich. No, righteousness delivers from death because this life is not about present riches. This life is about Christ and Christ is all that you need. Even what is perceived as good on the path of death, it is of no profit for it cannot deliver your soul. Proverbs 10 verse 27, the fear of Yahweh prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. Life that is spent for Christ is rich and eternal. The road of death is wicked and it does not profit. The road will end and forever punishment will continue. Proverbs 11 verse 4, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. It's like the picture of the man who comes before the Lord and says, Lord, look at everything I've done for you. That man is a fool. You think you will stand before a holy God and you will tell him everything that you did? You don't understand the Lord. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. A child of God is going to come before the Lord. He's going to humbly prostrate himself before the Lord. He will not speak because he knows everything that he needs. Everything that he has ever done is because of Christ who is in front of him. He will not open his mouth and say, look at what I've done for you. Proverbs 11, verse 7, when the wicked dies, his hope will perish. And the expectation of wealth perishes too. You won't have life, you won't have riches, because you won't have Christ. When the wicked die, so does hope. Proverbs 11, 18 through 21, beginning of this, he talks about those who pursue evil, those who pursue life, And he gives this promise, be assured, an evil person will not 
go unpunished, but the offspring of the righteous will be delivered. Proverbs 13 says, The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. So think upon this for a second. Like the preaching of God's holy word, when preached rightly and correctly, when God's word is divided, the preaching of life, it turns away individuals from the snare of death. When we sit before the Lord daily on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we present ourselves before the Lord and we study the word of God and we think upon the wisdom of God and what he is flowing out through his scriptures, that his, his word is alive and active, that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Do not be so foolish to treat this as if it is just like every other book that you read. This is life. It is a fountain of life. It's so that we would turn away from the snares of death, that we would follow our Lord and we would live. The early church, what did they devote themselves to? The apostles' teaching. Hello. This is what we have. And when we turn away from the snares of death, Proverbs 14, 11 through 12, star it. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So you may be sitting here saying, but this seems so right. Absolutely. Don't live your life off of feelings. Christ says it's not. The house of the wicked will be destroyed. Your mind may inform you this is right. It may seem right to you. And outwardly, your life may be filled with great abundance. You may say, I don't need anything. But all the ways outside of the way of Christ end in death. You are not okay. Proverbs 15. A fool despises his father's instruction. Whoever heeds reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. The lips of the wise, they spread knowledge, not so the hearts of fools. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who pursues righteousness. There is severe discipline for, all, for him who forsakes the way, whoever hates reproof will die. Proverbs sixteen twenty two. Good sense is a fountain of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. Proverbs nineteen sixteen. Whoever keeps the commandment keeps his life. He who despises his ways will die. So Proverbs teaches us much about death. Those who fail to find the wisdom of God, they love death. This is why you see many in our culture, they celebrate death. That righteousness is the only thing that delivers one from death. This is the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not your own. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And there is severe discipline for him who forsakes the way. Whoever hates reproof will die. The one who despises the way of wisdom will die. Turn with me to James chapter 4 for a moment.
James chapter 4. James is hit harding. It is difficult to sit down and to read the book of James and not being able to stop for like five seconds and just walk away and examine yourself to, to look into James and basically it says, okay, I may be calling myself a Christian with my lips. I know my life. I'm not seeing a transference from here to here. James 4, verse 13. It says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Consider Christ. Consider your life. Consider your death. Then ask, what is your life? What are you living for right now? Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So if our life is but a vapor, have you stopped and consider that you will die and you don't know when that is? Have you stopped and asked yourself, who or what are you living for? Are you living for the Lord? Where are you investing? Are you investing in your wife? Are you investing in your husband? Are you investing in your children? Are you investing in this church, the elect that are around you? Are you pouring out the gospel to the lost? Have you thought about life and death when you think about the Lord's Prayer? In Matthew 6, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. But pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. This day, our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So when the Lord taught us to pray, he taught us to depend upon him. It is us asking him to provide what we need to do his will today. Because that is why we live. We live to glorify God today. We live to serve the Lord today. We live to worship the Lord today. And we depend upon him for all of it today. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to get one, but turn to Genesis chapter 5. 
Genesis chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. This is a book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he followed his son in his own likeness. After his image, named him Seth. The days of Adam after he followed Seth were 800 years. He had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years. He had other sons and daughters. <coughs> Thus all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he fathered Kenan. Enosh lived after he fathered Kenan 815 years, and other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. When Kenan lived 70 years, he fathered Melel. Kenan lived after he fathered Mahalel 840 years, and other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. You find he died eight times in this chapter. We live, and then we die, and then comes judgment. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is writing to a church that has major issues, and I think it's relevant for us to be honest and to say, this is a church, and every church has major issues. He says, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. You see, you're not going to be reminded of what is to come and what is already present for you as saints, what you have access to if you're not going daily to the fountain of life. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groaned, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He was prepared for us this very thing as God, who has given us a spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. That is our aim. Our aim is to please the Lord, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. You haven't done anything good in the body if you haven't been born again. I'll say it again, you haven't done anything good in the body if you haven't been born again. 
those who do not belong to Jesus Christ, they will receive their due, which is the outpouring of God's just wrath. Eternal punishment awaits you. And those who have been born again, they will receive their due forever with Christ in the glories of heaven, with no more sin, with the perfect worship of the Lord, eternal joy awaits his children. So whether you are lost, look at your life and death. If you are a Christian, if you have been saved, look at your life, look at your death, consider Christ. Where in the world are you investing For this world is passing away. I am passing away. You are passing away. And there's nothing that anyone on this planet can do about it. Proverbs is pointing his children to an abundant life lived for the glory of God. For any life lived for anything else is death. Life is all about the glory of God. Our affections are about the glory of God. Considering Christ, it's about the glory of God. Living in every area, every conversation, everything we eat, everything we drink, everything we do, it's about bringing God glory in all things. Proverbs is pointing his children to an abundant life lived for the glory of God. So the question is, are you right with God? Come to Christ. Life is not found anywhere else but Christ. Are you right with God? Because outside of Christ, there is only death. Are you living for God? Living for him. That is our chief purpose. That is our aim. That is why we are here. Are you his? You serve him with all of your life, with every breath, with every area. It's to be about him. And if you're not his, if you're not a child of God, if you're not repentant of your sins, put your faith, hope, and trust in Christ, in Christ alone for your salvation, come to Christ. Life that satisfies is found in him. Everything else that you see, everything you touch, everything you hear about, everything this world is advertising to you, it's wrong. Life is not found in those things. Life is found in Christ alone. Turn from your sins. Call on Christ. Say, Lord, save me. I come to you. I have nothing to bring. It's only to you I cling. Cling to Christ. We all die. And after that, we face the judgment of God. And if you die without Christ, you have no hope. So how we are walking matters. Your present road that you are on, it matters. For the road that you are on, that you are presently on, it either leads to death or it leads to life. Father, we thank you for your holy word. Thank you for it is sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces, it divides, it cuts. It is what we need. Your word is good. Your word prunes, it hurts. It reveals our wickedness. It shows us your greatness, your holiness, your righteousness. And it calls us to respond with repentance. Father, I pray for examination. By your Holy Spirit, Lord, may we look at your holy word and look at our life and do a true and honest 
examination of our present life, of our, the state of our current soul. Are we living for you? Are we just going through the motions? Are we, are we saying that we love you and our life doesn't really love you? What we mean is we love ourselves. We love our pleasures. Father, we need you not for just salvation, Lord. We need you for sanctification. We need you in this life to live a life that pleases you. Without you, there is no wisdom. So, Father, we come before you. Convict us of our sins. Show us things that we have not seen in our life right now. Show us areas in which we have not seen. Use other brothers and sisters in Christ to come into our life and to show us our sin, to repent of those sins, to get right with you, and to live for you. For this life is about your glory. It's not about us. Lord, we thank you for the Son right now who's even interceding for us as we are thinking about you, as we are, we are praying. Father, draw the lost to you. Convict them of their sin. Lord, I pray if there is lost in this room, they would wrestle, they would wrestle. Give them sleepless nights. Give them weeks and months of just never getting beyond the fact that you are holy and they are not. That they are not good, that they need a Savior, and that Christ is the Savior. And as your children, Father, may we remember that Christ is not just our Savior, He is our way of life. Conform us more into the image of the Son for your name and for your glory, this we pray. Amen.